0: Greg Joseph to win it.
1: He's got it! Vikings a winner!
2: Uh, I was in a lot of pain, went in halftime uh, early to get it checked out. Very, very painful. I got stepped on in the first half. So it's going to be another painful week next week, and then hopefully, start to feel a little better in the This
3: is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
4: You know what, Vikings fans? You know, you know what? You know what? Congrats. Congrats- I hope you're happy. You know, I know that's your Super Bowl. And that's the only game you guys ever get up for. And then the Packers are beat up. And they're injured. Alright, congrats. You beat, you beat an injured team. And the refs. And we got jobs. Alright, we got screwed. The refs were refs were against us. We're on the road. Injuries still haven't had a bye, right? And, and God, God was against us, too, yesterday. Everything was against us. And I know your pathetic franchise never won a Super Bowl, and you only live to beat the Packers once a year, and that's your only meaning for existence and your only purpose in life. So, congr- so congrats. You, you, well done. You, First of all, that's a bit. I don't mean anything I just said. Can you imagine if I did that for two hours? Could never. I'd like to think that on this show... Packers and Vikings fans, we coexist. Uh, and it's collaborative. And we have decorum. And we have manners. Saw a lot of Packers fans on Twitter yesterday. Very out of pocket. Uh, and you be a fan any way you want to be a fan. Uh, but I'll tell you, Vikings fans who are listening at the moment uh, and who might tune in and pop in throughout the show, or maybe you're going to listen to this back on the podcast. Well done. It's a good game. It's a very good game. Vikings played very well. And. Although I'm a fan and I like messing around and I like joking, I'm not gonna do the whole <laughs> how many Super Bowls do you have? Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that whole bit today. Saw a lot of Packers people doing that on social media yesterday. Let's all calm down. It's a week it's a week eleven regular season game. Vikings played very well. You give him credit for that, okay? We don't always have to pull the Super Bowl card. Not saying I speak for all Packers fans you be a fan any way you want, but it comes across a little petty, Packers fans. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Yesterday was fun. It's a bummer the Packers didn't come out on top, but for Vikings fans, this makes your season much more interesting. I don't know if it makes the division much more interesting, but it makes the Vikings season more interesting, and I am for interesting. I like interesting. I like interesting teams and interesting results, and at the very least, yesterday as a Packers fan. It was interesting. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I almost feel like we should start with the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team today. My goodness, they were down, what, 16, 17 points, and then they finished the game on... I don't even know the number. I think I'll look it up because we're going to talk maybe a little Badgers towards 5 o'clock before we reset the show at 5 o'clock. They went on like a 50 to 15 run or something absurd like that. Johnny Davis was great, as Zach Heilprin mentioned in his update. What Zach Heilprin didn't say is... Former Lacrosse Central Red Raider slash Riverhawk Johnny Davis had a great game today. Brad Davison showed up and made some big plays as well. So Badgers basketball, that was a fun game to watch at work this afternoon. And I was tuned in to a little bit of that. So we'll also talk about that a little bit during today's show. Some Badgers football as well. Fun game against Nebraska. Not really how I expected that game to go. I didn't think Nebraska was going to be capable of putting up that many points. But a fun, interesting game to talk about. And grass is green, water is wet, and a Wisconsin running back runs all over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, these things we know. Death taxes and Wisconsin running the ball on Bo Polini. Oh, never mind. He's not there anymore. Now it's Scott Frost. It's, it's an institutional issue for Nebraska not being able to stop Badgers running back. So we're going to talk about all that. But of course, lots of Packers, Vikings. That's going to be the big focus for, I'd say, about 90% of the show today. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. Vikings fans, if you are here, thank you for being here. I think this is going to be a fun show. Very fun game yesterday with lots to talk about. Now, I'm going to approach it from a Packers angle. After all, this is the Wisco Sports Show, and I'd say a majority of our listeners are Packers fans. But I did try to get some stats and some little nuggets and some little tidbits to play to the Vikings crowd today as well. I don't want the only source of Vikings talk today after this game to be through the Packers, through the lens of the Packers. That's going to be most of it. But I did pull a couple of things just specific to the Vikings I want to get to as well. So if you're a Vikings fan, thank you for being here. Packers, as always, Packers fans, you can text me and call me 608-796-2558 on the talk and text line. Uh, new rule of thumb on the show, uh, and if you haven't heard me say this before, I want to reiterate this. I'm not going to take calls for the first 20 minutes of the show. That's the rule, okay? Okay. Because that kind of allows me to build the foundation, to kind of set the topic. Because what happens if someone calls and they bring up something random? Well, now the show is kind of derailed and in a weird spot right from the beginning. So let me set things up. We'll get our feet under us. And then in about 20 minutes, I'll start taking calls. And I think we'll probably have some today from both Packers and Vikings fans. But the number is 608 796 2558 Follow me, tweet me at Wisco Grant. Let's get into this. Vikings win 34 31. Greg Joseph. Greg the leg. The game-winning field goal, you heard that at the very top of the show. Yesterday's game was really fun. I think it was last Thursday, I did this long rant about how so many teams in the NFL have underwhelmed. There's so many teams that should be better. It's like, why are you not better? You have this great player and this great player, and these games are winnable, and you have a really good coach and this quarterback. Why, why are you not better? There's so many teams that are just average that should be better. There's no underwhelming yesterday from the Vikings, or for the most part, from the Packers. I think we saw a very good version of both of those teams, probably a slightly better version of the Vikings, but we got to see the best version of Adams and Jefferson and Thielen and even Dalvin Cook and A.J. Dillon. Their roles were a little bit more limited, but we saw flashes of what we really like about both of those running backs as well. Though underwhelming, we saw two very good versions of two good teams. I don't know how good the Vikings can be. I think their issue is consistency. The Packers' biggest issue might be health. As we'll talk about, it was announced, Elton Jenkins, yep, he did blow his ACL, so that's another big name that's gone down. Yesterday's game, however, was a treat. We got to see two very good teams play as just about the best versions of themselves. I wish my team would have won, but what are you going to do? You play 17 games, you're not going to win them all. Packers fans, we've got to get a little bit better at losing. Uh, everyone's acting like the sky is falling today. It's very much a week-to-week league, right? Last week, oh, we have the best defense in the world, we shut out the Seahawks. In this week, oh, my God, this guy's falling. Everything sucks. It's terrible. No, no, no. Now, that's what's fun about the NFL. Every game is a huge deal. But let's, hey, let's take a deep breath. Mike Zimmer, a week ago or two weeks ago, was the odds-on favorite to be the next NFL coach fired. And Now, today, Matt Nagy, Urban Meyer, Joe Judge, Vic Fangio, Dan Campbell, Pete Carroll, all in front of him, just goes to show you how things change like crazy from week to week. And that's part of the madness and the fun of the NFL. But Packers fans, let's, let's. Calm down here. Stop crying conspiracy and blaming officials and this and that, right? Yesterday's game isn't a huge indictment on why Green Bay is bad, and I don't think it's a huge exoneration of Minnesota in the mistakes they've made this season. And, and we got to calm down a little bit. I saw a lot of people tweeting at me yesterday that I was going to blame Aaron Rodgers, that I hate Aaron Rodgers, and it's his fault. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that today. I do want to talk about Rodgers in a little bit, And how yesterday's game was a good example of some things with Rodgers I want to talk about. But I don't blame him. 90%. The Packers just lost for football reasons yesterday. Remember when the Brewers were eliminated by the Braves and I came on the next day and I said, you know what? Baseball got him. Baseball is a brutal sport. You play 162 games and it can all come crashing down in three or four losses in a week. And it's brutal. And that's how baseball works. Yesterday, the Packers lost for some football reasons. I'd say a huge reason. Maybe the biggest reason, we can debate on what percent of blame goes where, but a huge reason, the Packers are really injured. And football is a sport of attrition, absolutely. Every team deals with injuries, including the Vikings, they were without Daniel Hunter and others, but man. Green Bay was without their two best offensive linemen, their two best edge rushers, their best corner, their best running back, their best tight end, and a really valuable wide receiver in Alan Lazard, around whom The offense sets up so many different things. Chancellor Johnson, who covers the Packers for NBC26 in Green Bay, tweeted this out yesterday, and I think it just goes to show the type of season that it's been for the Packers. Week by week, which great player they've lost to injury. Week one, and I'm just going to go week one through week 11. Zanaria Smith, Elton Jenkins, MVS, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Myers, Robert Tunyon, Eric Stokes, Aaron Jones, and then Elton Jenkins again. Brutal. Elton Jenkins in week 11, the second time for good. Every week, it's been somebody else. And last week, he said Aaron Jones. You could also say Rashawn Gary. It's been never-ending for the Packers. It's remarkable. Yes, it's a sport of attrition. Everybody deals with injuries, but some teams just have more bad luck than others. Right now, the Packers are going through it, and the late bye certainly hasn't helped. Although, if they can turn it on after Thanksgiving and ride momentum out of the bye, then, of course, the late bye is great because it's towards the postseason, and it's the time of the season that matters anyways. You know, it just depends on how the Packers play. Injuries, big reason why yesterday went south. Another reason, the Packers got some tough bounces. When you play in close games, luck is a huge factor. Sometimes it helps you. Sometimes it doesn't help you. Savage had a shot at a couple of interceptions. Just couldn't come down with them. And then the one he did pull down, a really rough roughing the passer brought it back. Right? Yes, he contacted the helmet. Did he lead with the helmet? no. Was it malicious? No, it just happened that his head was at the same level at Kirk's head, and when he came together to make the tackle, their heads came together. Okay, yep, that's the rule. That's tough luck. The Packers have benefited from that yesterday. They did not. The Packers hit one deep shot. It was beautiful to MVS for 75 yards, but it happened to be at the one moment in the game where they didn't want to score right away. It's like, okay, so even when we get a little bit of good luck, it turns out to be bad luck. The Packers had eight penalties for 92 yards they were the least penalized team coming into the or coming into this weekend in the league brutal football games are filled with all these little coin flips and the packers lost a lot of those coin flips yesterday now they won a few bashad breland dropped an aaron rodgers pass that probably should have been intercepted the vikings missed an extra point but in the grand scheme of things over four quarters the packers got a bad bounce of the ball a lot more than they got a good bounce of the ball so injuries bad luck penalties these are explanations. They're not excuses, right? Every team deals with this on a week-in, week-out basis. The Packers have certainly been uh, they have certainly been recipients of good luck. Yesterday, they were not. This kind of stuff happens every week. Now, I do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I want to be careful with how I go about this because based on Twitter yesterday, I, I'm, I'm getting the message that I come across as an Aaron Rodgers hater. And during the COVID stuff, I, look, you miss games. You're a little reckless going to a party. You put your team in a tough spot. That, I didn't like that. And now with this toe, we don't know what the toe is about. He called it a COVID injury. This, I don't I don't know what it is. It's, it's kind of shady. But if COVID has lingering effects and you didn't do everything in your power to avoid getting COVID or to protect yourself, vaccinations aside, if you don't want to get vaccinated because you're allergic or whatever, sure. But then don't go to parties. Wear a mask. He wasn't doing that, so now maybe this lingers. Who knows if the toe really is connected to COVID. I'm not a fan of that. I don't hate Rodgers. Does he grind my gears in press conferences a little bit because he tries to act smarter than everyone else? Sure. Hey, press conferences in sports, that's that's not a job to be smarter than everyone else and act like you're superior. That's what sports radio is for. Okay, that's my job. So Rodgers can leave that to me. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. And I got the vibes on Twitter, a couple guys coming at me saying, oh, I'll probably blame this for Rodgers. No. Big picture yesterday, Rodgers played very good. 23 for 33, 385 yards and four touchdowns. Statistically speaking, fantasy football speaking, actually maybe his best game of the season. If you made a list of all of the things that needed to be different yesterday or a list of things that the Packers needed to do better yesterday, Rodgers is near the bottom. If you're talking about things that Rodgers could have done better, we've got to nitpicking because Crosby missed a field goal. He also made all his extra points and hit a 55-yarder, but he did miss a field goal. Packers got to clean up the penalties. Defense couldn't get off the field. Right, they had some bad discipline on deep passes that were jump balls. Couldn't come down with interceptions, and then on the the, ball, the balls that were bad, they just misread or they got a pass interference. A Lot needed to be cleaned up yesterday. Certainly bigger fish to fry than Aaron Rodgers. However, and this is not me blaming Aaron Rodgers. This is me launching an interesting discussion from yesterday's game. I want to make this distinction. Because we could talk about penalties and we could talk about those other things. Those aren't interesting to me. We saw it. Too many penalties. Got to clean that up. Got to catch interceptions. I I don't want to talk about that for two hours. That would be very lame. I do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers because I think yesterday's game showed us some examples of how Aaron Rodgers can be tricky to judge. How performances by Aaron Rodgers can be a little bit misleading. Once again, not blaming him. Not slandering him. He played very well yesterday. But I want to point your attention to to the first half of the game. Or the first quarter and a half, I guess, more realistically. Rodgers yesterday was great, 90% of the game. From the middle of the second quarter to the very, very end, Rodgers was perfect. He was great. He was on. But there was, I'd say, 10 to 20% of the game where he was absolutely not. And that was right from the jump. And part of that can be explained. He didn't practice. He's maybe still overcoming COVID, the toes bothering him. Absolutely. I'd say Rodgers played great for 90% of the game, but 10% was very bad. He looked very bad early on. That's not me being overly picky. That's not me being judgmental or holding a grudge. He looked very bad early on, right? And the way that Rodgers plays and the style of quarterback that he is, that 10% can overshadow the 90%. Or the 10% a lot of times end up being the reason that the Packers lose rather than the 90% being the reason that they win. And I think we've seen this in playoff games. I think of Arizona. I think of uh, 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 um, Tampa Bay last year. Very similar. The Tampa Bay game, very similar to yesterday's game. Yesterday's game felt like a playoff loss. Any of those playoff losses that have happened over the last decade. When Rodgers isn't on, and he wasn't on for the first quarter and a half, there's no cohesion. And there's a lot of wasted plays. And when Rodgers is playing like that, even in really limited stretches, it can really be a big issue. Because the offense faces a lot of third and longs. So on third and 10, now Zimmer gets to dial up the blitz. And the broadcast did a really good job kind of highlighting the ways in which Mike Zimmer likes to disguise pressure. And bring guys or, or act like he's bringing guys in the back out. Or third and long allows Mike Zimmer to use Harrison Smith. Who's kind of his jackknife you know, all over the formation. Right up the middle or off the edge as he did yesterday on that play that Elton Jenkins was injured for example. Third and long against the Vikings or against most defenses. Not where you want to be. And on third and long, what ultimately happens is, well, now you can end up in fourth and long, too. And then you don't have the option to go for it. Crosby's missed field goal yesterday was on fourth and nine. And I'm not saying that the Packers would have gone for it because Mason Crosby hasn't been on. You just want to go for it more often than not in 2021. That's modern football. And when you're always behind the sticks, and when you're wasting plays, and you're in third and 10, fourth and 10, fourth and nine, you don't leave the door open to go for it, and you leave offense on the field. Matt Lafleur talked about what got better in the second half, but at the same time also spoke to what was wrong in the first half and being behind the sticks was a big part of that we
0: started to I think be a little bit more aggressive and then our execution was was on point and I thought our guys there was a lot of good within the game certainly we'd like to finish a couple of those drives a little bit better uh, like I talked about earlier we cannot get behind the sticks
4: can't get behind the sticks can't be in third and ten can't be in fourth and nine because I'm sure they would have loved to go for it early but they had to kick that field goal with Crosby because fourth and nine what are you going to do in the second half Green Bay scored on all of their possessions. Scored a touchdown every time they had the ball. What looked different? What looked what looked different in the second half? There was offense. It was efficient. It was sustainable. They were running what Matt Lafleur designed to be ran. They were hitting their bootlegs, their crossers. They were getting creative on that third and short play, that option play with Cobb and AJ Dillon. Oh, that was awesome. That was great. But most importantly, they weren't wasting plays. He wasn't taking shots and throwing the ball out of bounds. Because on first and 10, they were at least getting some yardage. And they like they well, they were almost never in third down in the second half. And when they were, it was third and manageable. So they let the door open to pick it up or to go for it if they wanted on fourth down. This is my qualm with Aaron Rodgers after yesterday. And he was not the reason they lost the game. But if you go back and you look at playoff losses over the years or, or games where they came up close, you can look at a couple of possessions where Rodgers just starts throwing it everywhere. It happened in those three straight possessions in the NFC Championship game against Tampa, right? There's no effort to pick up four yards on first down. There's no effort to take what is there. It just becomes throwing the ball all over the yard, and now you're in third and 10. And that's a real problem against a good pass rush, a good defensive coordinator, especially when your offensive line is depleted and their offensive line got further depleted yesterday with an injury. It's Elton Jenkins. I've talked for too long, so let's take a break. I want to continue to talk about this, yes, but I also have a Kirk Cousins stat I want to share with you, which is very interesting. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. Stick around.
3: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an excellent weekend. Got my rant out of the way with my two cents on yesterday's game, some bad luck, some injuries and a bad offensive quarter and a half at the start that put the Packers in an early hole. Firefighter Greg texts in. Rob Domofsky reports the Vikings threw five passes to receivers lined up against Kevin King, resulting in four receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. Not Kevin King's best day yesterday. Kevin had been playing okay. Pretty good the last couple of weeks, actually. Uh, Got a dose of Adam Thielen and even K.J. Osborne before. He got hurt yesterday and Justin Jefferson... Uh, Kevin King, not great, but then Rasul Douglas came in, had a great shot at a jump ball against Thielen, and just missed it. That's along the lines of what Josh and Sparta texted in as well. He said, the player execution, not the defensive scheme, is to blame for this game. Four opportunities for interceptions changed that game a lot. That's football, though, in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. That's football. Next week, the Packers could have four interceptions, right? Aaron Rodgers could have thrown a pick to Bashad Breland yesterday, and he just didn't come up with it. Defensive backs don't really have great hands. That's why they're defensive backs. So saying, we should have had four interceptions. Well, it's probably a little lofty, but saying, man, just pull down one or two, that would have been enough on a day where the defense couldn't get off the field, but it was a one-score game at the end. Just one of those interceptions would have made the difference. But as you say, Josh, and I think it's a great point, that's the sport of football. Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. And I think a lot of Packers fans I'm seeing on social media having a little bit of a difficult time accepting that. Right, that game easily could have gone the other way. And then the Vikings would be complaining about bad luck and how a couple of penalties went against them and this and that. It's like, hey, that's the sport of football. And every game seems like a huge deal because they are. There's only 17 of them. By next week, we'll be talking about something else, going into the bye. That's how it works. Thank you for the text. You can call as well, 608-796-2558. Brett and O'Claire really quickly says, Granted, they realize Kevin King is playing with an injury. Yeah, there was something about him being banged up yesterday. He didn't really appear to be able to change direction that quickly. He didn't look like the best version of himself. Um, But then again, Kevin King's always nicked up. Again, everyone's always hurt. There's always luck involved. This is just football. And yesterday, football got the best of the Packers. And they got off to a slow start and a bunch of things going against him yesterday. And the Vikings played really, really well and kind of saved their season getting back to 500. I know a lot of Vikings fans listen to this show. Um, So I wanted to get a stat or something just to play for Vikings fans, instead of getting Vikings talk today through a Packers lens, that's my team, that's this show, that's obviously a Wisconsin sports show, I wanted to find something specific to the Vikings to mention and to talk about. A big gripe of Vikings fans, and I think just football fans that watch the Vikings, not enough volume for Justin Jefferson. They don't throw him the ball enough. And you never want a quarterback to force feed wide receiver feel like they have to get the ball the wide receiver or focus in on a wide receiver because sometimes Packers fans we think that about Devontae Adams Rodgers gets too fixated on Adams and misses out on other guys well yesterday in the first half he was just missing guys he just wasn't seeing things and then he got dialed in I don't think that had anything to do with Adams but Vikings fans especially say throw to Justin Jefferson we love Dalvin Cook love CJ Ham, but hey let's let's remember Who's our best player here? It's Justin Jefferson. And I saw this tweet from Arif Hassan yesterday, who writes for The Athletic, covers the Vikings, friend of show. He says, (laughs) he tweeted, after a three-target, three-catch, 104-yard first quarter, Justin Jefferson finishes the half with three catches on three targets for 104 yards. So he gets off to this raging fast start, and then they don't target him for a full quarter, which is very typical of the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and Zimmer. And you can... Say who you blame, I think it's a combination of, of all parties, right? Zimmer is conservative by nature. His conservatism is, is a specific type. I think Zimmer likes to run the ball effectively and then take shots. And if you turn the ball over uh, in an aggressive way because we're pushing the ball way down the field, he'll live with that. I don't think Zimmer likes the dumb turnovers, which sometimes Cousins can, can you know, be a perpetrator of. But also, Cousins likes his checkdowns. He doesn't like to take hits, and who does? He likes to get the ball out, and if it's third and eight and his only dump-off is C.J. Ham for two yards, okay, well, then he'll take it. So combine Zimmer with Cousins. Sometimes Justin Jefferson doesn't get the volume that he probably deserves. Yesterday, he took the second quarter off, but by the end of the game, he did. It just took a little bit, and in the second quarter, I'm listening to Greg Olson on the Fox broadcast, who I like. Greg Olson does a good job. Uh, He's talking about the threat of Dalvin Cook, and he's saying, well, the Vikings like... They like to feed Dalvin Cook, even if he's not running well, or even if he's not getting huge gains, because just the threat of him, that's worthwhile. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Because meanwhile, you have a wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who averaged 21 yards per catch. He finished eight for 169. But no, let's let's give the ball to the player for the threat of that player doing something. And Dalvin Cook's very good, and he deserves touches. And I, I think yesterday... Maybe they even could have given some more love to Thielen and Jefferson. But Cook got his fair share of carries, as did A.J. Dillon. I thought it was a relatively balanced game. Maybe not early for the Packers, but by the end. It's like, maybe let's focus on the really good player who is shredding this opposing defense rather than give it to the player for the threat of said player doing something great, right? Yesterday, I found this stat from a different friend of show, a Vikings friend of show, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. He tweeted this. And I think this is a good thing that could be perceived as a bad thing. And I think if the Vikings would have lost yesterday, we'd be pointing to this statistic and saying, bad, Kirk Cousins, bad. But this is a good thing. This is a good thing. He tweeted this. Something to note, Kirk Cousins has five turnover-worthy plays the last two weeks. He had six the previous eight games combined. Obviously, it's not good to have those, but it's also a sign that he's being aggressive and pushing the ball down the field. So essentially what he's saying Kirk Cousins, for the first eight games of the season, threw up six passes that were dangerous, that were turnover-worthy. And in the last two weeks, he has five. He's almost matched, like, reckless throws. He's almost matched his total from the first six games in the last two. Which seems like a bad thing. But I think it's a good thing. Because an interception of aggression isn't the worst thing in the world as long as Justin Jefferson has eight catches for 169 yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's what matters. And if you got to turn the ball over through an act of aggression, then so be it. I saw Matthew Collar tweet out, uh, who who's on the show last week, Talking Vikings. Uh, he tweeted out a Zimmer quote today that made me, wow, I went, wow. This is the quote from Zimmer, um, or I'll just read you the tweet. Zimmer said that he was happy with Kirk Cousins' decision-making yesterday and says he needs to not second-guess aggressive decisions. Zimmer said that if he throws an interception because of it, quote, that's life. Yes, I think Vikings fans, that should make you excited. Zimmer wants Kirk Cousins to be aggressive, just the right kind of aggressive. And I think even sometimes Kirk Cousins is a little bit hesitant to do that. The Packers also, the Packers got to Kirk Cousins yesterday, even without Zadaria Smith and Rashawn Gary. Kirk Cousins was pressured at a rate of 40.5%. And that's just his dropbacks, obviously. So on, on plays that he dropped back to pass, he was pressured 40 Percent of the time almost 41% of the time and that led to some risque throws and some heaves but Justin Jefferson high pointed the ball and went and got it where Eric Stokes did not Kevin King did not Rasul Douglas had a chance to did not and then obviously Darnell Savage had a bunch of chances he just did not come down with any of them well the one he did then I think it was TJ Slayton ended up roughing the passer but Jefferson is that good I think if you leave the ball up and give him a chance to go get it, he's going to go get it more often than not. I wonder if Kirk Cousins can play at that level and complete passes at that level with a pressure rate of 40%, right? I think there's a way in which you replay yesterday's game and you pressure Kirk Cousins that amount of the time. And he throws up that many passes and it goes poorly for the Vikings more often than not. But yesterday they just needed a win to get back to 500, to beat the Packers at home, to get some juice, um, yesterday it worked I don't know if it will work every week but the way Justin Jefferson's playing I think it's going to work more often than not and that's a good place to start I want to move along I want to talk about some other teams as well both in the NFC and the AFC you're welcome to call and text and talk Packers and talk Vikings 608-796-2558 Twitter at Wisco Grant more NFL coming up next on the Wisco
3: Sports Show this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
4: wisco sports show naturally talking packers vikings today little badgers at some point whenever we can naturally tuck them in without interrupting the flow of the show i do want to talk little badgers they beat nebraska on saturday now the gophers this upcoming weekend so minnesota could have a hell of an eight days here if they're able to knock off Wisconsin in the axe game coming up this weekend little badgers basketball today too a fun afternoon game that maybe you watched maybe you didn't i just watched on mute while i was working on getting the show ready and very entertaining huge deficit early and then they just came roaring back and looked like the much better team from there on out fun game so at some point hopefully we can talk about that the packers vikings this is just electric stuff couple of texts to get to 608-796-2558 josh in holman hi josh Says cousins can throw a beautiful touchdown pass, yet his facial expressions exude pain and agony to the highest degree. Yeah, the man's got a scowl. It looks like he's passing a kidney stone sometimes. Which, angry face. I get it. Roger's face-like Roger's facial expressions aren't great either. And he looks 15 years older than he actually is. Um, but you're right, Josh. It looks pretty, even if it doesn't look pretty from Cousins. John text in a couple of points here. A few of them I'll get to. You sent me five bullet points. I will get to um, one or two of these. He says, Eric Stokes got burned in college by Justin Jefferson. The trend continues. Can I, like, first of all, I'm not involving myself in the pettiness between Vikings and Packers fans that's been going on the last 24 hours. One thing I did see going around that people were all upset about was Paul Allen did some video after the game. I don't, I don't care. Like, Paul Allen is fun. He's your local guy. We have Wayne Larravee V, and The Rock. Like, I don't, I don't care. Paul Allen can say, Paul Allen can do or say whatever he wants. I saw this clip, and I guess some coach talked smack to him about something, and I guess maybe it was Jerry Gray. I don't care. But then Paul Allen was like, "Yeah, Eric Stokes got burned in college by Justin Jefferson. Packers bring him in. Same result. It'll keep happening." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait a minute, Paul Allen." I have a lot of opinions on Paul Allen. Most of them are 100 irrelevant to this conversation. But the one thing that I do think of Paul Allen. I think, truthfully, that he believes that anything that happens in the NFL happens because of the Vikings. Like, I think he's very much a narcissist in this regard. Whereas if the Patriots draft Mac Jones, nothing to do with the Vikings. He would think in his little world, like, oh, yeah, they see Kirk. You know, they know you don't need a flashy quarterback. They're trying to get Kirk Cousins, right? Or like the Niners draft Brandon Ayuk. He's like, oh God, how much, how many weapons do the Niners need to beat the Vikings? Like, not everything is related to the Vikings. I think Paul Allen in this clip that I'm sure some of you have seen, he's like, oh, the Packers obviously brought in Eric Stokes because they needed someone to defend Justin Jefferson. No, I, I think they just drafted Eric Stokes because they want depth, and that's how their board fell. Ideally, Jair Alexander is covering Justin Jefferson. I don't, I don't know when this turned into a Stokes versus. Well, I know where it turned into this. Paul Allen made it about this, but I hear your point, John. That did happen. Georgia, LSU. At least it's happening now. Stokes is a couple of years behind, so give him some time. He's just in his second year, as is Justin Jefferson. He's in his first year, Justin Jefferson, now with a year under his belt. Um, another bullet point that I want to get to is your one on injuries. John says, injuries. Nobody felt sorry for the banged up Vikings last year when they beat the Packers with eight rookies on defense. It was all on Zimmer. Um, I think it depends on who you talk to, John. I think a lot of smart NFL fans last year were very aware that the Vikings were young, They were rebuilding on defense. They had a ton of injuries. I think Zimmer always gets the best out of the talent that he has. I said that last week a bunch. I I said, if success in the NFL was only measured by getting the best version of your defense relative to your personnel, I think Zimmer's probably the best coach in the NFL. If you give Zimmer 15 guys to put on his defense, obviously only 11 go on the field. I get that. But give him 15 guys. He is going to do more with those 15 guys than any other coach or coordinator in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. And last year, that was the case. The Vikings personnel was just banged up. They were injured. I I think we recognize that. The Packers, and I mentioned injuries to start the show. I get every team deals with injuries. Absolutely. But with the Packers, it's, I mean, it's getting ridiculous. It's really tough to win consistently and to be as good. It's a sport of attrition and it's next man up. And I get it. Nobody feels sorry for anybody with injuries in the NFL. But if we're talking about why the Packers lost yesterday, I mean, it would be dumb just not to bring it up. They're now without their two best offensive linemen after Jenkins went down. They're without their two best edge rushers, and Zedarius Smith moves all over the place. He's more than an edge rusher. It's like saying Harrison Smith, safety. Well, Harrison Smith does a lot more than just line up as a traditional safety. He's everywhere, as is Zedarius Smith. So they're without their two best linemen, their two best edge rushers, their best corner, who's an all pro, their best running back, their best tight end, and one of their most valuable wide receivers. I sound like coward. Valuable in Alan Lazard because they build so many offensive concepts around Lazard. That's just, I mean, how do you overcome that? And they played very admirable yesterday. And I think even Paul Allen said that after the game. I only watched the clip once, but he's like, you give the Packers a lot of credit for coming in as banged up as they were and putting up a fight. I also think Paul Allen meant it condescendingly, uh, which is why I don't really like like Paul Allen. Do your thing. I don't don't care. Um, I saw a lot of people sharing that clip. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I I don't have bandwidth for this. Uh, that's the talking text line. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. I guess, why don't we push... I I thought maybe we could talk about some more NFL teams. We might not even get to it today. Maybe we should do all Packers, Vikings. We're going to put a pin in that for a while. Maybe we'll get to it later. Let's talk about Roger's toe. Um, so this is a thing. I think the tweet was sent out yesterday morning by Rappaport or Schefter. I think it might have been Rappaport, who had the original report, and then obviously everybody reshares it and adds you know, little scoops and little tidbits here and there. But it was tweeted, I believe, yesterday morning that, okay, so this toe thing that Aaron Rodgers has, this wasn't just a stub toe. This wasn't a bruise. This isn't turf toe. This is something that's going to be a problem the rest of the season. It's about pain management. He's going to miss more practice. This is a thing. Right, that's essentially what it was. This toe is not just this funny thing. Oh, he stubbed it on a chair in his house. Like, no, this is a thing. And now we're kind of tracing back and we're looking at, okay, so well, when did this first get brought up? When was this first reported? When did we first talk about it? And I went back to Roger's hit on the McAfee show, I believe it was last week, where they asked him more than once. They followed up. They're like, dude, what's up with your toe? And I edited this. It's about a minute long of, mcafee and hawk going back and forth and asking again and again dude tell us about your toe
5: the toe injury what happened with the toe was that at the house while you're by yourself and how did you test the heart in the cardio to know that you should play on sunday
2: yeah that was a COVID injury um but as far as the heart i just had to get back into working out just to see how it was.
5: what happened to the toe though like that, that came out of nowhere the internet was letting a lot of jokes fly is that anything to be worried about or is that just something that kind of popped up out of nowhere
2: it's a little painful, but uh, I think I'll be okay. I was able to run around a little bit on uh, on Sunday. So
5: getting out of bed, you stumble, you hit your toe, like many of us have, or are you running sprints through the kitchen and and maybe all of a sudden a stool gets you? Th- th- these questions are just going to
2: continue to linger as soon as hurt. I hurt. By doing a two minute drill in the backyard. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Is that what happened? Possibly. You never know. Was well, so I working at you- the greenhouse? I don't know.
4: So. I get that there's a certain amount of gamesmanship. Like, when you do an interview on a radio show, you're doing entertainment. It's not like Aaron Rodgers has his medical chart here, and he's going to read down. Like, he is entertaining. They're having a fun conversation. So I get, oh, I was doing the two-minute drill in the backyard. I was working at the greenhouse. But also, like, what the hell did happen to your toe, man? What happened? This whole thing is very weird, where in the first question, he asks him, hey, your toe is hurt and also your cardio. Where are you? Where are you with Those two things, and Rodgers go. Well, the toe is a COVID injury, and about my heart, and he just skirts past that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean a COVID injury? Did you stub it in your house, or do you have circulation issues in your toe because of COVID? Because that's been a thing, COVID toes. Everyone is finding that medical research this weekend where you get lesions, and they get a little bruise, and it's painful. Right? Is that what this is? And also, why is everything some grand mystery? My future, what did he say last year? My future is a, it's a beautiful mystery. Well, this toe is a legit thing. If it's going to keep you from practicing and you have Jordan Love take the kneel down before half because you got to go in and get treatment, head into the tunnel early LeBron James style, this is this is a thing. This isn't like I got a hangnail and it's just a stupid thing. you know? Well, okay, well, I get that. But this, you got COVID toe? Is that what this is? That's a big deal, and I don't know if he doesn't want to share it because he's embarrassed or whatever. I get the gamesmanship of trying to keep injuries private, but it's very publicly a toe. We just don't know where this toe injury um, came to be. Like with the vaccination things, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, players don't have to tell us anything they don't have to tell us, I suppose. But I feel like if after the game... You're saying, "Ah, yeah, my toe hurts really bad. It certainly slowed me down. It got stepped on. It was certainly a factor." Well, if, okay. If you're going to use it as a reason to explain your play, I kind—I kind of want to know what's up with your toe, man. And I'm—I'm I'm not a Packers shareholder. I can only imagine how the shareholders feel. There's nothing worse than when the board of directors withholds information from shareholders. So I can only imagine how you owners feel, especially you new owners. Imagine buying stock one week and now you got to deal with the toe the next. Prices are wildly fluctuating what are they going to do at the shareholders meeting right i've also been watching a lot of succession so i'm just in the mood to talk about such things this is weird this is really weird the way he skirts by this i'll play this one more time you can't say they didn't follow up they asked about it more than once
5: the toe injury what happened with the toe was that at the house while you're by yourself and how did you test the heart in the cardio to know that you should play on sunday
2: yeah that was a COVID injury um but as far as the heart, I just had to get back oh, into but working as far
5: out. Follow as as up. What back happened again. to the toe Yeah, like, that, that came out of nowhere. The internet was letting a lot of jokes fly. Is that anything to be worried about, or is that just something that kind of popped up out of nowhere?
2: It's a little painful, but uh, I think I'll be okay. I was able to run around a little bit on uh, on Sunday. So getting out of bed, okay. you stumble, you what, what, what hit your this?
5: toe like many of us have, or are you running sprints through the? We've kitchen all done and, it, and maybe all of a sudden Did a bad stool job clipping my, my toenails. What These happened? These questions are just going to continue to linger as
2: soon as I hurt. By doing a two-minute drill in the backyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what happened? Possibly. Possibly. You never know. Was well, so I working ha- at the greenhouse? I don't
4: know. Oh, you never know. Here's here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna not show up for work tomorrow, right? Or I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be missing my voice. I can't do the radio show. And when my boss asks me why, so great, what's up with your voice? <laughs> I don't know. I was smoking crack in the alley during lunch. And they go, Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? What? So weird! It's always some strange, coded mystery with this man. It's a beautiful mystery, really. Let's get an update from Mike Clemens. We'll come back, maybe talk about the Badgers for a couple of minutes before we reset the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up at five
3: o'clock. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
6: Now here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Vikings, thirty-four to thirty-one, here at U.S. Bank Stadium. In the second quarter, Minnesota had jumped out to a sixteen to three lead. Matt Lafleur.
0: It's an emotional roller coaster the the, the entire game, right? Uh, being down thirteen points, uh, having the resiliency to to fight back, to take the lead, and have opportunities.
6: The Packers tied the game with a dramatic 75-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter with just over two minutes left to play from Aaron Rodgers to Marquez Valdez-Scantling.
2: You know, they just kind of doubled Devontae on the other side and kind of went, you know, zero across the board to the other side and just kind of made a a route adjustment. I mean, Aaron was on the same page as me and we made it work.
6: The Vikings came back with an eight-play, 64-yard drive that set up the winning 29-yard walk-off field goal by kicker Greg Joseph.
2: It feels absolutely amazing being able to put a W in the column for
0: the guys in the locker room you know and to see how happy everyone is and everyone in there busted their butts and uh you know credit to the Packers for an awesome game and uh Everything I do,
2: you know, every play I play is to try to put the team in a better position to win.
7: Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. You know, it's a razor's edge between winning and losing. We've been on the wrong side of a few of these as well, and today we were able to find the inches to to get a win, but you obviously all know how close it is to it not going that way, so that's why you come away from this one and feel like there's a lot of football left and a lot of work to be done. The
6: Packers came into the game shorted outside linebacker with Rashawn Gary inactive, Whitney Merciless lost for the season, Packers linebacker Preston Smith.
2: We got to play better. We didn't. We we weren't ourselves today. We didn't play up to our standards. There's a lot of things we can fix. A lot of things we're gonna learn from watching this film and going forward towards you know to play the Rams. We know we gotta fix a lot of things and we know we gotta fix them as fast as possible to get the ball back rolling and get back to ourselves.
3: Best Packers coverage. Oh no! Oh, he's playing the.
4: Oh, he's song called toes oh, I got
3: that, my toes in the uh, water oh. ass in oh, the sand not a not worry in a world of oh. cold beer in my His head toe.
4: it's toe gate it's, it's to toe gate just to tell us what's day. wrong Aaron with your toesy woesy uh this is the Wisco Sports Show thanks to Mike Clements uh this is the last time you will probably ever hear a country music bumper although I do play a Ronnie Milsap song but Ronnie Millsap that's next level one of the greatest A little more soul, a little more. There's other things that play with Ronnie Millsap. little Ray Charles, as much as there is country. I thought I was being funny. Zach Brown, toes. Aaron Rodgers got a bad toe, I guess. We'll learn more about that, hopefully, with Mike Clements tomorrow when he joins us at 5.30. To recap, yesterday, we'll hear from some players, coaches. Maybe we'll just get an answer on that toe. And Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk will try their darndest, I'm sure, tomorrow to ask about him again. Spent a few minutes on college here really quickly. Uh, Shout out to Ben Kenny, producer extraordinaire of the Bill Michaels Show, my radio cousin, USA Today, Locked on Badgers podcast. He was right about Nebraska. They are a very good, bad team. Went blow for blow with the Badgers offensively and made hay against Jim Leonard, which I didn't think Scott Frost could do. Maybe we'll see Ryan Day if the Badgers are lucky enough to make to the Big Ten championship game and we can see that OSU offense against the Wisconsin defense. We'll see. I don't understand how Nebraska continues to get bullied every year by some Badger running back. I saw this tweet the other day. I couldn't believe it. Nebraska has allowed an opposing player to rush for 200-plus yards eight times since joining the Big Ten in 2011. Basically, they've had a Packers NFC Championship game level meltdown defensively eight times in 10 years now. Seven of them were by Wisconsin running backs, including Braylon Allen on Saturday. Jonathan Taylor did it three times, which is unbelievable. Melvin Gordon did it twice. Monte Ball did it once. And now Braylon Allen has done it once. And I wouldn't be shocked if he did it again next year. I don't get it. I was joke about Bo Pelini and how like anytime the Badgers run all over a team, I say they give them the Bo Pelini treatment. Well, we've gone bigger than Bo Pelini. This goes all the way up to the vice president, figuratively speaking, not actually the vice president at Nebraska. I have no clue who that is. I don't know how the Badgers keep doing this to them, but it's funny. Braylon Allen is a damn machine, and they can ride him through the West. I don't really doubt that they'll be able to beat Minnesota next weekend. We'll see about Ohio State. I don't think Wisconsin turns any running back into a superstar, and that's been postulated before. I think we've gotten really lucky as Badger fans for the last 10 years with special guys that have come in here. Melvin Gordon, obviously. Monte Ball, who didn't turn out in the NFL, but there were some other reasons at play there. James White, who's really good. Corey Clement, who's a solid back as well. Melvin Gordon, and now Braylon Allen. We've gotten really lucky, and we should continue to enjoy watching these guys. Speaking of special guys, Johnny Davis, Jonathan Davis, John Davis. We love what he did today. Career high in points in only his second year as a Badger. He had a dunk today on a putback that was just outstanding. He was a playmaker. The ball moved around him. He was great defensively. He was great around the rim and the paint. That's where he was good in high school. When he was at Lacrosse Central, they'd put him in the high post at the elbow or even a little bit closer to the basket than the elbow, and he would almost be a point guard from a deep position there. And the ball doesn't stick with him, which is something I really like. It's, it's not like Giannis, but it's like Giannis in a way where it's not Joel Embiid, where he gets the ball on the block and you know what's going to happen, right? He can pass out of lots of sets. People keep moving. He is a playmaker. He's more DeMar DeRozan in the role that he's playing on the Bulls, which is a playmaker. And he does some really good playmaking out of the high post. It was fun to watch him do that today. Former Red Raiders slash Riverhawk of Lacrosse Central, Johnny Davis. Let's continue. We'll talk more Packers, Vikings. I want to talk more about Aaron Rodgers. But first, an update from Zach Halpern and, of course, more Zach Brown Band because this is the last time we're ever doing this on the show.
1: And if they weren't for. I'm pretty
3: senioritas. I'd, I'd have no reason to stay.
0: Adios and Via, I'd come here. Yeah, Greg Joseph to win it.
2: I was in a lot of pain, running at halftime early to get it checked out. Very, very painful. Got stepped on in the first half, so it's going to be another painful week next week, and then hopefully start to feel a little better in the life. This is where
3: Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
4: Something we'll talk about on Thursday when we lead the show with some NBA talk, uh, but LeBron James elbowed, uh, elbow, like nasty elbowed Isaiah Stewart last night, Lakers Pistons, which was on in the afternoon slate, which ob- honestly was a better game than uh, Cowboys Chiefs, which was kind of a dug, like I guess it was kind of interesting, but not as good as I was hoping. So LeBron, there was this big fight, a fracas. Uh, I don't know if it... What's the hockey word I'm looking for? Not mollywop. There's a name for it. Um, Who? Which listeners watch hockey? You know what I'm talking... uh, uh, Something Dag? uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like a a big hockey fight that involves a bunch of people. There was one of those in the Pistons-Lakers game. And LeBron got thrown out. And Isaiah Stewart got thrown out. Well, it was just announced. LeBron James is going to be suspended for a game. He's going to miss the game at the Knicks in Madison Square Garden tomorrow. So Packers who? Vikings who? I don't even remember that game yesterday. LeBron elbowed a dude, made his face bleed, and then got suspended. I don't even know why we're talking about Packers. I don't even remember that game. doesn't matter. LeBron got suspended. What's the word I'm looking for? A dolly something? A dolly wag? No, it's a Pokemon. I know I have listeners that watch hockey. Someone tweet or text me. What's it called? 608-796-2558. Talking text line. Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show. We're going to talk more Packers-Vikings, but I swear I can't do it until we know what this is called. Zach and Oak. A Brook. Thank you, Zach. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, God, I can breathe again. Thank you. A Brook. shows how little I watch hockey, although I'm getting better at watching college basketball. I watched two games last week. I've been watching the Badgers. I am I'm going to be a, a well-rounded sports fan this season, this college basketball season. Uh, plenty of room to take your calls and texts about Packer's Vikings. I think we've we've with you know held up decorum, good manners we haven't gotten testy got close with John when we were talking about Paul Allen but now nah, we're not gonna go there John love you thank you uh also Big Joe is on the line Big Joe you are all about positive vibes you have been that game yesterday didn't get you down
1: I am all about positive vibes and Grant how we living kid? Oh, I'm living good. Yesterday was a great game. My team didn't come out on top, but I'm not going to let that spoil my weekend. I tell you what, all weekend, Grant, was very exciting. The Badgers and the Packers, yeah. Badgers looked awesome. How was your weekend? It was great, buddy. Uh, Like I said, I had Friendsgiving on Friday, so that was a lot of fun with my friends and coworkers from work. Good. Uh, I had my booster shot yesterday, so I pretty much, not yesterday, on Saturday, so I kind of laid low. But yeah, I'm feeling good. No reactions or anything. I just... My shoulder's still sore from my shot, but that's about it.
4: Yeah, I got my flu shot on Saturday. My shoulder's a little sore, but also I think it's sore because I was lifting a massive amount of weight. This morning I went to the gym, and I just—I had a day, so I think that's it, too. Dude,
1: I was—at work today, Grant, I was lifting some heavy stuff, and I mean, I literally—I felt like a beast. I was in beast mode all day. Good, good. Grant, I I was wearing my Macho Man Radio Savage T-shirt. So I was looking at all my coworkers. I'm like, oh yeah, good,
4: firing up everybody. I, I like to hear that. Oh uh,
1: yeah, Big Joe, do you have a take on Packers Vikings before I let you go? Big game to talk about. Yeah, right? I do, Grant. Uh, Hit me. Just next time, cover just cover Justin Jefferson for the love of God. It's the, it's the same like thing as the Badgers. Yeah, they were letting that number eleven. He was wide open all game. They're it's like, uh, it's like note to self. Please cover this guy.
4: He's good. Cover Justin Jefferson. All right, I'm mailing that to 1265 as we speak. Thank you, Big Joe. Thank you. I actually didn't say yeah, that. Thanks for
1: some time, buddy. I really appreciate it. Of course.
4: Have a good night. Cover Justin Jefferson as I scramble to write that down. Yeah, he's he's great. They did an, I won't say they did an okay job covering him. It's not like he was busted loose every ball that he caught. There were a couple in the first half. Uh, but I think it has, who mentioned it earlier? Was it Josh in Holman? Or was it, it was a J name. who It was Josh in Sparta. Well, of course, of course. Uh, he said that player execution, it wasn't scheme, it was player execution. Yeah, there were a couple of those passes that went to Jefferson where Stokes was right there or Savage was right there and they just couldn't make a play on the ball when it got there. Cousins threw it up, gave his guy a chance. The Packers had chances too. They just couldn't come down with it. Yeah, maybe a better plan for Justin Jefferson next time around. It's a good bit of game planning, Big Joe. I appreciate that. As I said to start the show, and I will reiterate, um, I saw a lot of Packers fans yesterday. They're pulling out the old, you know, old reliables from the war chest of NFC North fandom and rivalry here uh, between Packers and Bikes. It's like, whoa, well, this is your Super Bowl. You got this. Uh, this, game means, this game means the world to you. And c- congrats. You beat a, an injured Packers team. I hope you feel good about yourself. I know this is this is the biggest win you've ever had in your pathetic franchise history. It's like, all right, let's, hey, Packers fans, Let's take it easy, okay? Yesterday was a great game. I think a problem the NFL has had this year is there are a lot of great teams, or even good teams, that haven't played up to their potential. So like yesterday, Chiefs-Cowboys. That game should have been awesome. But the Chiefs had some turnovers, which prevented them from making some bigger plays. And then the Cowboys just didn't show up. It's like, hey, Cowboys, you're better than this. I think there's a big chunk of the league, good teams that just haven't played well, And it sucks because it makes the watching experience, the fan experience, boring. We feel like we're missing out. That didn't happen yesterday. We saw the best of Justin Jefferson. We saw the best of Devontae Adams. Adam Thielen was great. Even Cook and A.J. Dillon, Dalvin Cook and A.J. Dillon were good. We got to see them make some splashy, fun plays, too. That game was a treat. There was no underwhelming there. I wish my team would have won. What are you going to do? There's 17 games. You're not going to win them all. U.S. Bank is a really tough place to play, and I said on Friday I kind of think the Vikings might get the Packers this weekend. I just I don't know. It feel great. I didn't pick them. I didn't bet money on it. I didn't say it was a lock. Nothing like that. I just had a feeling like yeah, I think the Vikings might get the Packers on Sunday. I don't think that game was a huge indictment on Green Bay. I don't think it was a huge exoneration for Minnesota of everything that may maybe have gone wrong with them. They're only five hundred for a reason. I saw a lot of people tweeting at me yesterday. It's like, oh, Grant's going to blame Rodgers. He hates Aaron Rodgers. He's going to blame him. Uh, no, can't blame Rodgers yesterday. He was pretty good. I want to talk about Rodgers here in a couple of minutes because yesterday was a good example of some things that sometimes we get with Rodgers, and it, I don't know how to word it, so we'll just talk about it in a few minutes when we get there, but I don't blame him. I think the Packers lost yesterday for just typical football reasons, and I don't think there's necessarily anyone to blame these football reasons. Packers are injured. That's the number one thing. And yes, football is a sport of attrition, and the Vikings are missing Daniil Hunter, and they're missing guys too. But when you break it down, the Packers, after yesterday's game, are without their two best offensive linemen, their two best edge rushers, their best cornerback, who's an all-pro, their best running back, who they build a ton around in this offense, their best tight end, and a really valuable wide receiver in Alan Lazard, who, like Aaron Jones, They build things around him. They rely on Al Lazard's ability to do some dirty work and to block and to set up concepts that they love running. They were without all of that yesterday. And it seems like every game they've lost out on another really good player. And even if the team is schemed up really well and they're executing really well, sometimes it's still too much to overcome. And I think that was a factor in yesterday's game. The Packers also got some tough bounces. Savage had a shot at a couple of interceptions. He didn't bring any of them down. And the one he did bring down, a tough roughing the passer call brought it back. And yes, it was helmet to helmet, but T.J. Slayton didn't launch his helmet at Kirk Cousins' helmet. He was just coming through, made the tackle, and his helmet happened to contact the helmet of Kirk Cousins. He didn't lead with it. He wasn't. It wasn't a head shot. There was just contact. It's like, oh, okay. It's tough luck for the Packers. And the Packers have been beneficiaries of roughing the passer calls on Aaron Rodgers, certainly, as well. Not yesterday, but over the years with Rodgers, Absolutely. The Packers hit one deep shot, 75-yard bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and that was awesome, but it happened to come at the moment in the game where actually it was bad to score really quickly. So good luck also leads to bad luck, too. The timing was just a little tough. The Packers had eight penalties for 92 yards. The Packers were the least penalized team in the league coming into this weekend. They played sloppy. I also thought like that call on the Packers' center raising his head, that looked like every single play the rest of the game. Look like, it looked like every snap the entire game. And they happened to throw a flag on that play. That's a little tough luck. Football games are filled with all of these little coin flips. It really is a game that's centered on a lot of luck. And the Packers got lucky against Arizona a couple of times. They got unlucky against Kansas City a couple of times. I think they got lucky against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, although that team is down bad right now. Games are filled with coin flips. And the Packers have had some runs of good luck this year. They lost a lot of coin flips yesterday. Now, they won a few, too. Rodgers had an interception dropped by Bashad Breland. That could have bit the Packers, and it didn't. The Vikings missed an extra point, which could have made a difference. It ultimately didn't. But there was a lot more bad luck for the Packers than good. That's just, that's life. That's football. That's not because there's some conspiracy with Sean Hockley and the Packers are getting jobbed. That's not, stop. We're not. We're not doing that, Packers fans. Well, you can. I- I'm not going to, and I would rather you don't call and, and do it on the show. That kind of stuff happens every week. Yesterday, it just piled up with the Packers, among injuries, among other things, and they're playing a good opponent, a good defensive coordinator that knows how to do his best to combat Aaron Rodgers, and they were playing at U.S. Bank, which is a really tough place to play, on the front of Aaron Rodgers. I want to be really careful with how I say all of this because I don't want to come across like I'm hating on Aaron Rodgers here. I'm not. If you made a list of things that needed to be better yesterday, things that needed to go differently for the Packers to win, Rodgers is near the bottom of the list, okay? Aaron Rodgers was not to blame necessarily for yesterday's game. He was 23-33 with 385 and four touchdowns. That's very good. That's his best statistical game of the year. If you own him in fantasy, that was certainly his best performance of the year. However, however, this isn't hate. This is analysis. This is something I noticed yesterday yesterday's game showed us some examples of where Rodgers can be a little bit tricky to judge, maybe a little bit misleading. When you get to the end of the game and you think, well, Rodgers wasn't to blame. Well, maybe not. I think Rodgers played yesterday probably a 7 out of 10, but they needed a 9 or a 10 out of 10 to win. Rodgers wasn't the reason they lost yesterday, but he also wasn't the reason that they won. I think he could have been the reason that he won. It would have been really tough because he would have been... Need needed to be about perfect. He would have been a 9 or a 10 out of 10. He could have, and he didn't. And I think yesterday's game is a good example. Yesterday's game felt like a lot of playoff games that the Packers have lost over the last 10 years, where the defense doesn't play well, the offense struggles, but then Aaron Rodgers makes some amazing plays, and they have a hot stretch. And then you turn around at the end, and you look back and think, oh, if only the defense could have done this. And yes, it's true. Yesterday, the defense was the biggest problem. They couldn't get off the field, and they couldn't come down with interceptions when they had the opportunity. But Rodgers in the first half needed to be a little different. I think Rodgers was good for 80% of the game. Really midway through the second quarter to the finish, Rodgers was great. 80%. But the 20% where he wasn't great, he plays poorly in a way that it can overshadow the 80. Do you know what I mean? When he's not on, and he wasn't on yesterday for the first quarter and a half, there's no cohesion Right, And there's a lot of wasted plays. And for this Matt LaFleur offense and this roster that's built for Matt LaFleur's offense, wasted plays are a killer. You can't have them. Because then the offense is facing a lot of third and longs, which is tough to convert, especially against Zimmer. And the broadcast did a really good job yesterday highlighting the way in which Zimmer can scheme up pressure, even without Daniel Hunter. And he can mislead a quarterback. And he can make a defense difficult to read. Zimmer does a really good job of that. And you give... Zimmer a loaded handgun when you're lining up consistently in 3rd and 10. You just give him the opportunity to really flex his muscles and make life difficult. And when you're in 3rd and 10 and you have an incomplete pass, well, now it's 4th and 10, and you don't really have the option to go for it. And going for it in 2021 on 4th down is a really good decision a lot of the time. The missed field goal that Mason Crosby kicked was 4th and 9. And Mason Crosby needs to hit that field goal. But also, if the Packers pick up five yards at any point during that sequence and it's fourth and four instead of fourth and nine, well, then you have the option to go for it. You can go about it a little differently on third and nine. You can, you can have more play calls available to you, right? When Rodgers isn't clicking, and that was about 20% of the game yesterday, which is the minority, but when he's not clicking, there's a lot of wasted plays and there's no cohesion. And that's important because football is really complementary when you're going three and out because you're throwing boundary shots and it's third and 10 and you take no time off the clock, you put your defense right, out, right back out there, which then makes it more difficult. And on third and nine, well, also now you're inviting pressure. Well, guess what? You're without David Bakhtiari. You're without your center, Josh Myers. You're without Elton Jenkins. So now you're putting yourself in a position to be exposed. When Rodgers isn't on, it can really be bad because there's so many wasted plays. Matt LaFleur talked about what got better in the second half, and you hear him say, well, we can't be behind the sticks. We can't be wasting plays. That's what changed in the second half, and that's what was so poor in the first half. We
0: started to, I think, be a little bit more aggressive, and then our execution was, was on point, and I thought our guys, there was a lot of good within the game. Certainly, we'd like to finish a couple of those drives a little bit better. Uh, like I talked about earlier, we cannot get behind the sticks.
4: Can't be behind the sticks. Can't be third and ten fourth and nine, then you don't have the option to go for it, right? It's brutal. And what looked different in the second half? What looked different? They were running an offense. The ball was going where it was supposed to go. It was on time, on target, and they were getting positive plays nearly every play. They faced a third down in the fourth quarter, and I think the longest down and distance they had was third and six. And that was the play where uh, Adams scored on the touchdown. There was a broken coverage because Aaron Rodgers tried to call a timeout. And it wasn't granted, which happens before. It happened to Justin Fields a couple weeks ago. So Vikings fans, calmed down on that. But that was a little good luck the Packers had, absolutely. In a game where they got unlucky a lot, that was an example of good luck. And it allowed them to score a touchdown. But also, it was third and six, so it was manageable. If they didn't pick it up there, then they could probably go for it. Third and six is manageable enough. Fourth and six is doable. Or if they pick up a couple of yards, and now all of a sudden it's fourth and three, well, then you can go for it again. That wasn't on the table in the first half. And I don't know what changed in the locker room at halftime. I'd like to think this, this is what happened in the locker room at halftime, okay? I'm going to do a one-man play between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Ready? <clears throat> I'm going to start as Aaron. Here we go. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, my toe. I have, uh, um, I have a lot of love and affection for my toe, and, and this is an issue. And then you hear Matt LaFleur comes in. He goes, hey, Aaron, Aaron. We got a chat. And then Aaron would be like, ah, yeah, coach, what's up? Let's game plan. I'm a critical thinker. I love doing this. And Matt LaFleur goes, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron says, what's up? What's up, Matty? Matt LaFleur, you know all the plays I'm giving you? The ones I'm telling you to run? Yeah, coach. Yeah, I got them. Uh, Yeah, Aaron, they're open. All of them. Just run them. They can't stop us. We're better. And then Aaron would be like, Oh, so you didn't like my uh, my creative spin on that one-third down play? Matt would say, what, the, the, the play where you threw it five yards out of bounds? No, I didn't particularly love that one. No. In the second half, just throw it where I say to throw it. Just throw it to the guy who's supposed to be open. They're open. Just do that. Scene. And in the second half, they come out. All of a sudden, this guy's open. He gets the ball. Randall Cobb is open. Josiah DeGuara is open. Equinemius St. Brown is open. Oh, my God, imagine that, right? There was a play in the first half where Rodgers was pressured, and I don't know if he threw the ball away or if he was sacked or what ultimately ended up happening. But then Fox goes to do the, wow, this was great coverage. Rodgers had nowhere to go with the ball. And then in the replay, everyone was open. Like, every option was open. And Rodgers, for whatever reason, didn't take it, didn't see it. I don't know. But in the second half, he started to run the offense, and we saw how good it was. However, it wasn't enough. The defense couldn't get off the field. The field goal unit had another issue, and they wasted really the first quarter and a half of football. And Adam texts in and says, Grant, halfway through the second quarter is about 70%. I don't work at pro football focus. Math is not my strong suit. All right, I'm an entertainer. 70%, 80%, whatever. Rodgers was really good for most of the game, but the part where he wasn't good, not good. Not good. A lot of wasted plays. Not a lot of effective, useful football. Um, no sustainable offense in the first half. Second half got a lot better. Hopefully that's the case. Moving forward, starting with the Rams next weekend. 608 2558 The talking text line, Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's keep this going. Coming up next.
3: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: I think at times in the last couple of years we've been so good in the first uh, you know, the first fifteen or twenty plays. Uh, that we script and scoring on opening drives touchdowns hasn't really been the case this year we've been a lot slower starting so we got to look at that
4: wisco sports show that's weird to me because if you were to scramble up all the drives and make me watch them out of order i would have said the second half drives were the scripted ones Because the offense looked more crisp, looked more organized. It looked like Rodgers knew what the play was and followed the play and went with the ball where he was supposed to go with the ball, right? The first half didn't look scripted. The first half looked freelance. And then all of a sudden in the second half, the offense was humming and it looked more scripted, very backwards. Um, And Aaron Rodgers talking last night after the game a little bit about that. That audio, courtesy of our good, good buddy, Mike Clements, he'll join us tomorrow at 5.30 in about 24 hours. Exactly. Check my watch. Look forward to that. And maybe we'll have an update on that weird toe. Um, I think the toe is one of two things. I think it's, it's one of two things. Because he says it's a COVID injury and is going out of his way to deflect questions about his toe and what happened to his toe. I think one of two things happened. I think either he has COVID toe, which I guess is a symptom of COVID. You get some swelling and some lesions and it can be painful down in your big toe or whatever. Or I think he was drunk, and something happened to his toe, a la Devin Williams, and that's obviously embarrassing, and that would be a bad look. Um, why Why can no one handle their liquor in this state? This is unreal. I thought he drank scotch. Did it happen at the Halloween party? I need more. There needs to be a book written about this. Would Jason Wilde please get on it? We expedite this process with a book. I need it this offseason. I want to know what happened to his toe. I think it's either COVID toe or he hurt it drunk. Look, Rogers is a California guy, right? I don't, I don't think he grew up partying. I don't know what his life was like at Cal or Butte Community College. I just, as someone who lives in a town where everyone parties, went to school at at a UW school where everyone drinks and parties all the time. I don't know if I've ever even broken a fingernail while drinking. Maybe I'm just responsible. Why are our athletes finding it so difficult to have a couple of drinks and to not completely fall apart? What is the issue here? Punching walls. What did he kick a wall? Break his toe? COVID injury. Ah, 608-796-2558. That's the talking text line. I know Zach and Wisco tweeted in a stat for us about Wisconsin football. Says, outside of the service academies, Wisconsin and Minnesota run the highest percentage of run plays in the FBS. There's your stat of the night. Thank you, Zach. I don't know if it's true, but it's coming for you. I'm going to believe it. No reason not to trust you. Uh, DW in New Glarus versus the mayor in New Glarus. I apologize. Two different people. Says, what's up, Grant? I just think it was a good game between good teams and a lot of good players making good plays. (laughs) You hit the nail on the head. It just boils down to injuries like you said. Uh, You know it was because he was drunk. He's a hippie now, and he can't handle the liquor. What do hippies drink? What do do hippies drink? Is there a hippie? Now, like hippie beer, talk about IPAs, which are delicious. I like an IPA. I wouldn't call myself an IPA guy. I think there are people that only drink IPAs, and that's like they turn it into a personality trait, right? Maybe have dreadlocks. Maybe the, the more hippie crowd, like you said. I like a good IPA, but I won't limit myself. What do hippies drink? I thought he drank scotch. Did Shailene Woodley get him off the scotch completely? He's not drinking scotch anymore. Whatever he's drinking, he can't handle it, apparently. He's either got COVID toe or he kicked something. If he would have sustained this during practice or during a game, he just would have said so, right? Because then it's understandable. I don't know why this is such a big secret. Eric on I-90. Uh... Not a secret, but you're a bit of a man of mystery. I feel like we don't know a lot about you, Eric. I know you're a Vikings fan and you're a Bucks fan. you got to be feeling pretty good after yesterday, right, Eric? What's going on?
0: Yeah, I think of myself more of an international man of mystery. Oh, that than, makes more sense. Than, I get it. Right. I get it. I did break my finger, and I was drinking. How'd you do that? So, oh, I sent you a picture of it that one day. You said it looks like uh, that... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so le- let me let me share that with everyone
4: else. So first of all, I don't remember what we were talking about fingers or something. And you texted a picture in on the talk and text line of your finger. It looks like Larry McCarran's. It's all bent to the side. How how did that happen? It you does. did that drinking?
0: Yeah, I was actually trying to catch my cat that was I got outside. Well.
4: Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, now you need to keep going. I, I, did the cat do it, or did you fall over and land on your finger weird? I, I need more here.
0: No, we were we were heading out to the hot tub, all right, and uh, mm-hmm. so I got my swim trunks on, Yeah, and uh, the cat gets out the door, so I told my wife, I said, we should just catch him now, mm-hmm. so he went between the garages, see, and I said, all right, you go around back. She's in her swimsuit, too. Mm-hmm. It's cold out. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, you go around the back of the garage and then I'll stand out here in front and when he comes through I'll grab him. And uh, you know I'm 56 now so I've lost some of my black panther moves. Okay. And uh, I lunged for him and I hit my pinky on the driveway and Ooh. broke it. Oh, it's so
4: and it's just been like that. You you couldn't have surgery or couldn't I see with Larry McCarron, too. I I was Wondered, like, was there some operation he could have had at the time to fix that and he just didn't? He liked the gristled, weird finger, manly look, or is it just stuck like that now?
0: No, they snapped it back in. Um, I'm going to be fine. You know, I'm okay. not. We yeah. were talking about it with uh, oh, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and his, you know, his his big injury to his finger. That Severe. Yes. Rehab 20 hours a day. <laughs> so maybe Aaron Rodgers has got to rehab his toe 20 hours a day to get it back. Ooh.
4: I don't think he's, he's not a hard worker. He doesn't want it enough if he doesn't do it 20 hours a day. I think I'm with you there.
0: So, but I mean, I'm happy here as a Viking fan. You yeah. know, I mean, it gives us hope, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we get into the playoffs anyway. I think we can win three more games, four more. I think we can.
4: Yeah, I absolutely think that, that game was huge for your playoff chances, Eric. Celebrate it. And if you do any hot tubbing, please be safe. We don't need another injury. Thank you for the call and the story. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one. That's Eric on I-90. What the hell? (laughs) Catching the cat. That's one athletic cat you have. We had a cat growing up, and when it would go outside, I think if we tried to catch it, it would just lay there. Um, But Eric, I, I feel like I know so much more about you. Yesterday was huge for the Vikings' playoff chances, and that's something we talked about with Matthew Collar last week. The difference between a win and a loss for the Vikings, huge. absolutely. I mean, they're in the thick of it in the NFC, and we could talk about that coming up next. I have some standings, some playoff odds, and I can explain where this positions the Vikings and where they stand, at least in those wildcard spots, because the division's still probably out of the question. The Packers have a three-game lead. I guess you could say two with the tiebreaker, but they'll play again, so there's nothing definitive there uh, quite yet. Eric on I-90 with the finger. I uh, feel like I know so much more about you. Let's take another call. Uh, I apologize. I do not have your name. Who is this? Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show.
0: Hey, hey, bud. Can you hear me?
4: My name's Nick. Nick, yep. I got you loud and clear, Nick. What's up?
0: Yeah, I just am going to throw a conspiracy theory out there. And I know that he's got a a young child and he's on the other side of the state. But is Eric in I-90, Bart Winkler, doesn't that he? guy's just crazy enough to play <laughs> off a fake character, and I hear Bart Winkler's voice in that guy. He's just crazy enough. If Bart,
4: because I've talked to Eric for a while, and I'm and I'm close with Bart. I talk with Bart quite frequently. If Bart has been grifting me as a made-up caller uh, for the last couple of months, I, it's, uh, and I love Bart's show, I love Bart. That's the most impressive thing he's ever done. If he pulled that off, and I'll have to ask
0: him about it. If- it just seems like, like I, it's okay, there's two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. A, there's no way he would care enough to go through the effort to do it. Exactly. But then B, exactly, yes, he would, because he's Bart Winkler. He's a little off. That's what makes him so great. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's literally all I had. I was driving home listening to this guy, and I thought, it sounded a lot like Bart Winkler in disguise. Uh, have a good one, man. I love your show. Hey, take it th- easy.
4: Thank you, Nick. Before I let you go, where are you calling from? Because I want to save yeah. at least give you a shout out. Uh, where are you from,
0: Nick? Uh, Nick from Lacrosse.
4: Nick from Lacrosse. La Cros- oh, we got a Lacrosse guy. All right, thank you, Nick. I appreciate the call. <laughs> All right, take her easy. Yeah, have a good one, Nick, and Lacrosse. Oh my God, if Bart made up a character only to call me and troll my show, um, I don't know what I do. I think I'd have to buy him a bottle of Captain Morgan. That's incredible. He doesn't care enough. Nick's absolutely right. He naps most of the time when my show is on. When he joins the show, I need to send him a reminder to let him know to wake up. Eric on i90. We learned something new about that guy every time. Now we know what, why his finger is messed up. Let's take a break. Let's talk about what this game did for the Packers, which I think is much more simple compared to what it did for the Vikings. This is now only the beginning for the Vikings, whereas with the Packers, I don't know if this game has sent their season in a different Direction other than maybe from the injury front, which is something we've talked about. Let's take a five minute break. We'll get into that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
3: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: show, uh, Nick and LaCrosse called in and accused, or I guess theorized, not so much an accusation, that friend of show and morning show host in Milwaukee, Bart Winkler, is actually Eric on I-90. And Nick makes an excellent point. Uh, Bart wouldn't care enough to do something like that, which I agreed with. So I texted Bart. I said, I just had a caller theorize that you call my show under a different name said that he hears, quote, a bit too much Winkler in that guy's voice. He also said there's no way Bart cares enough to work that hard to call in constantly. And Bart goes, oh, a dual listener. And he's 100% correct. (laughs) Bart sleeps like three hours every afternoon, including, I think, through the first hour of my show. Bart would not work that hard, but it's funny. And thank you, Nick and LaCrosse. Keep calling. Excellent contribution today, and thank you, Eric on I-90, for telling us how he once injured his finger chasing his cat. This show is free, folks. Can you believe it? You get all this entertainment every day 100% for free. Eric also makes a really good point. If Aaron Rodgers cared so much about his toe injury, why isn't he rehabbing it 20 hours a day?
0: Probably 20 hours a day, 19 hours a day. You know, we're working on on, on his hands just trying to to, to break records with this thing because,
4: you know, it was a pretty severe injury. Was a pretty severe injury. Roger's toe seems like a severe injury. I think he hurt it drunk. Or he's got a COVID toe. That's why he doesn't want to tell anyone. Maybe rehab 20 hours a day. He'll get through it faster. 608 796 2558. You can call in as Eric on I 90 did, or Nick in Lacrosse did, or as our good friend Dave in Monona does now. Dave, how are you? What's up?
8: Hey, buddy. No, uh, Linkler, he, the only person he wants to be like is Dave from Monona. So I, yeah, I don't okay. know who the great guy is, but. <laughs> Winkler truly wants to be wants to be me and pretends to be me and of course he you know he has a hard time being himself.
7: Yeah,
8: I kind of like kind of like Winkler because he he's kind of a dick, he's kind of arrogant and kind of crass, and I think him and I can get along great. I I'd love to call his show one day just have it all of him because you know he's only half he only has to half his intelligence as I do, but that's that's pretty <laughs> good though. Give
4: him a call. I'm sure he'd get a kick out of it. I see you tweeting but, at him every once in a while.
8: No, but hey, I sent you a nice little video. Did you see that video? Yeah. <laughs>
4: why are you taking out your glass eyes on Twitter? Why? Why was that necessary? That just—I didn't need that today.
8: Because uh, uh, Nelson told me to do it. Oh. Well, then why didn't you
4: tweet he it at him? Said, Why'd you tweet it at me? I didn't ask for that.
8: I put that. I put that on ESPN's uh, main page and Ben Brest. It's all about Ben Brest. He, he he asked a stupid question last week. How do blind guys cry with their eyes So I just I showed him what, took him out popped him out and I put that on his uh, on his on uh, Twitter page. Wait a minute
4: why why is why is Ben Brust first? I've never heard his show, uh, but seeing he's also on the radio, I feel like he's a competitor. Why is he asking why how blind guys cry? Why?
8: Because Ben Brust is dumber to box rocks. He's a college he's a college yeah play for the Badgers yeah,
1: yeah and I know he's
8: not the brightest star. Plus he does color analysts and I told him he go I go I go how in the hell he got that job with no experience to be? I mean. He, He's bad, he's boring, and, I mean, he does a lot of strange. But anyway, one day, he, he had a speak. one day saying, if you tear up, should, should you cry? I said, men don't cry. He got mad, and he asked a dumb question. He goes, well, how do you cry with your eyes? And wow. people just wrote him big time, and I'm spending way too much time trying to explain the fact that I was just trying to gross you out. That's all. It was.
4: Yeah, well, we probably spent a little bit too much time on it. Do you have a packers biking steak?
8: <laughs> yes. Anyway, people um, tells me you were, uh, Nelson told me you were kind of criticizing Rogers yesterday. I mean they Rogers, 385 they, they yards, four touchdowns. They don't. They That's don't know. know. They don't know.
4: They assume I think things before I think them. They. I don't know why they do this. They always put words in my mouth, and then everybody gets angry at me before I even say anything. This is this is a them problem.
8: <laughs> That's right. So I, I just said, tell them, tell tell them. No, yesterday's loss again, once again, is on our our, our our kicker and special teams. He makes the field goal. Guess what? It's not an issue. And we, and you know, did you really think our defense minus all these players? Had a had a prayer in the world that you know, against Minnesota when they got the ball back two minutes. Ago, I mean, hell, oh, we all knew. Oh, yeah. Yep. They'd have a prayer. Yep. It wasn't you know? their day. Yeah, I agree. No. It, it, well, well, what's going to kill them now is they have Sunday's game is the difference between a three seed and a one seed. Could well
4: wait. How would they drop? Oh, because of the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to lose the division. Yep. The division's tied up. It's just about uh, nobody cares about
8: the, nobody cares about the division. Who cares? It's all about getting. You want a home field as much as you can go in the wintertime. You want the Rams and Tampa Bay. Even though last year, they're a better defense this year. Mm -hmm. But no, but as far as the Green Bay team, it's frustrating as hell to see a special team year after year after year and hear Matt LaFleur. Yeah, we know what the problem is we're working on. We'll go back and watch video. No, Matt, stop talking. You're an idiot. Why can't you fix something that's costing you games?
4: You know, I will say on the Mason Crosby thing, and then I'm going to have to let you go, Dave. Crosby made all his extra points yesterday. He hit a 55-yarder. Okay, he hit the upright on a 30-yarder. I don't – I'm not freaking out about this like some people are. I'll just say that.
8: What do you mean? They they lost another game. It's a home field game, and Rodgers already cost him the home field with his imaginary fake toe injury. He's faking it. You think he's faking a toe injury?
4: Why would he fake that? It
8: takes everybody's mind off him, you know, lying to the public and being a crybaby. He's faking it.
4: That's interesting. We've had some interesting conspiracy theories on the show today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for the call. And, okay, well, he hung up. If you want to tweet any videos of you taking your glass eyes out, tweet it at Ben Brust. Don't tweet it at me. I have no qualms with you or the blind or the disabled in any regard for that matter. I don't know why you're going at it with Ben Brust. never met the guy. I did ask him to come on my show a while ago. I didn't try very hard. I went on LinkedIn, and I sent him a message there. He just didn't respond But I think he, where does Ben Brust do a show? Should I look it up now? Hold on. Ben Brust. Should we start a feud with Ben Brust? I like Ben Brust. One of my favorite Badger memories ever. That game game against Michigan? Oh, I'll never forget that. Every time I see my high school buddies, we get to talk in sports. We talk about that. Buzzer beater against Michigan. Okay, he's co-host of Scalzo and Brust on ESPN Milwaukee. Oh, he's on ESPN. I have no quarrel with Ben Brust. I have quarrel with ESPN. That's my beef. Maybe Ben Bruss left to catch some strays. Thank you for that weird call. I don't think the Mason Crosby thing is that. I'm thinking out loud here. So tomorrow I could change my mind on this, but let's workshop out loud. Everybody's talking about how Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby. I think Packers fans are a little bit spoiled here. You should be able to win a game where your kicker misses one field goal, where he makes one from 55 and he hits all his extra points. I, I, forget the last couple of weeks. Forget what's been going on, okay? He had a weird game against Cincinnati. That happens sometimes. He's been struggling, but also they can't protect. They can't get the hold. So, like, forget the last couple of weeks and just look at this game in a vacuum. He had a 55-yarder. He hit the upright on a 30-yardy, and he hit all his extra points. I think his Packers fans were a little privileged to turn around at the end of that game and say, well, if he just would have hit that one field goal, they would have won. Do you know there are teams where the norm is missing field goals every time? Like, you need to be able to overcome one missed field goal. One. Now, two or three or a bunch of extra points, that's different. But one missed field goal, I, I'm i not dwelling on that part from yesterday. They need to get the snap or the holder. They need to get that all tightened up and clean, and they have time to do that. All right? They've been making improvements elsewhere on special teams. It gets a little bit better every week. I think they'll get better there, too. Let's give them some time. I, I just think it shows how lucky we've been as Packer fans. Where they lose one, where they lose one game on the road to a divisional rival that comes down to a lot of flips of the coin, basically bounces of the ball, penalties here, injuries there, and we're like, will our kicker miss one field goal? It's like, well, that happens. That's run of the mill in the NFL. That happens from time to time. We can't completely blame that for a for a loss. Maybe I'll feel differently tomorrow, but I'm not freaking out about the Mason Crosby thing. And from the quote I saw today, Matt Lafleur's not either. Not making a change, nothing like that. I I think that would be silly. If they cut Mason Crosby, I think there's a bunch of teams that are looking to get him tomorrow. I think they could do a lot worse. They're working through some issues. I think they'll get there. Again, in a couple of weeks, maybe I'll change my mind. But as of right now, as I work through this in real time on live radio, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of Packers fans were thinking. Could be wrong. Just my two cents, which ultimately is what the show is. So if you don't like my opinion, that's fine. I'll have a new one in a couple of minutes. Let's take a break. We'll get an update from Mike Clemens and wrap up Packers Vikings coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
3: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
6: Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose on the road to the Minnesota Vikings 34-31. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers finished the day with 467 yards total offense and a quarterback rating of 148.4. While dealing with a toe injury that forced an early exit just before halftime, Rodgers asked if it's turf toe.
2: Mm, no, and I've had turf toe. It's a little worse than turf toe. I uh, was in a lot of pain, went in halftime uh, early to get it checked out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, very, very painful. Got stepped on in the first half, and that kind of activated all the symptoms I was having. So it's going to be another painful
6: week next week, and then hopefully... Start to feel a little better in the bye. Rodgers missed practice last week because of the injury. Did it affect his play? Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. You know, he's been, he's still
2: there. You know, obviously wasn't able to practice with COVID. And then throughout this week, he was a little banged up. So, you know, you gotta, there's no excuses. You gotta find ways to do it regardless of, uh, you know, the, the circumstance. If he's out there, we gotta find ways to go make plays.
6: The Vikings had the lead until early in the fourth quarter, then battled back to get the win and improved to 5-5 five and five on the season. Vikings head coach
7: Mike Zimmer. Offensively you know we played played really good in the second half i guess every one of these games are going to come down down to the last play of the game like uh like they have all year so uh, we're just very fortunate to get a win they got a good football team well coached and um uh and you know, we're fortunate to come out on top.
6: The Vikings marched 64 yards down the field to set up a winning field goal by Greg Joseph. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson led Minnesota with eight catches for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Jefferson was asked, what was that final drive in the last two minutes like?
2: Wow, very wild. But uh, I'm glad this team
7: came through with the clutch at the end of the game, finishing the game off. and Greg got the kick down.
6: The Packers lost left tackle Elton Jenkins to a knee injury. He's been filling in for David Bakhtiari, who still hasn't been cleared from his torn ACL injury from last season. Up next, the Packers host the seven and three Los Angeles Rams before heading into the bye. Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling.
2: Yeah, I mean we got some guys banged up right now, but you know we have a good football team where the next man can step in and, and play well. But it's tough losing guys. I mean we've had the injury bug kind of affecting us all year. You know, seems like every game we're losing a guy for some. So the break will be good, but, you know, no matter what, we're going to keep playing no matter when we get our week. best
3: Packers coverage. Mike Clemens. For three,
4: Mike Clemens will join us tomorrow at 530. We'll have an injury update. Elton Jenkins, that was pretty clear yesterday. It was only confirmed today. He's got an ACL injury. He's out for a long time. Talk more about that with Mike tomorrow, and maybe just get an update on this weird toe situation. Now, if the talk and text line and my Twitter mentions are any indicator, it's a, it's a drunk injury, is what we're all choosing to believe. Or maybe it's COVID toe. Either one is not a great look for Rodgers. You get COVID toe; it's not necessarily his fault, but it just kind of brings up the story of you know all that went down, which isn't a great look for Rodgers. But I think we're choosing to believe drunk injury. Devin Williams style. Great. Awesome. That hasn't submarined one of our teams already this year. 608-796-2558, the talking text line. Vikings fans, that game for you yesterday. Well done. Your team played excellent. I'm bummed my team didn't win, but I'm not going to do the whole. <laughs> well, you have zero Super Bowls, so
1: i <laughs> not
4: going to be that guy. Mike Zimmer, after the game yesterday, was asked, can this team be a playoff team
7: now? Well, I think offensively we're starting to play like we did at the beginning of the season. Um, defensively, we've played well for the most part. Um, you know, the second half, you know, we didn't cover very good today. You know, obviously he hit some big big throws on us. But um, we have the ability, if, if we'll continue to put things together, continue to work, we just have to keep going. We can't be satisfied to be 5-5. Five and five.
4: No, they cannot. They are in the thick of it for the last couple of seeds in the NFC playoffs. Because remember, there's seven now. The Vikings are in the sixth seed. Aaron, they're in this mess of teams right now that are either 500 or a game below 500. So the Saints, five and five. The Vikings, five and five. The Niners, five and five. The Eagles, five and six. Don't look now, but the Eagles might not be garbage. Might not be great, but they might not be garbage. The Panthers are five and six too. The Washington football team at four and six. Interesting. Taylor Heineke and the, the football team had some juice in Carolina, which, by the way, I said take the football team in Carolina. That home field advantage isn't a real thing. A lot of football team former R-Word fans live in that area before the Panthers were even a thing. And what do you know It That was like one prediction I got right for the whole weekend. I'm pretty sure the rest were absolutely 100% wrong. Other than the Vikings, maybe getting the Packers. I kind of felt like the Packers might drop that one yesterday. The bummers bummer that Elton Jenkins got hurt on top of it. Zimmer, a couple more things I wanted to share. He said another close ending, but we were on top of this one.
7: Offensively, um, you know, we played played really good in the second half. Um, seems like I guess every one of these games are going to come down down to the last play of the game like, uh, like they have all year. So uh, we're just very fortunate to get a win. They got a good football team, well coached, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate to come out on top today.
4: Close game yesterday. The Packers' defense kind of... Uh, Well, they kind of took a dump. They couldn't get a stop in the second half. They had opportunities to turn the ball over, but they couldn't take advantage and they couldn't get a stop. This builds off of something we talked about last week and something I'll probably want to talk about tomorrow because we didn't have time to get to it today. This is why you don't build a team through defense. You just don't do it, right? A defense first team is not a good team. Last week, we were kind of joking like, or maybe the Packers are a defense first team. That's a bad thing. We don't want that. That's bad. Because you can't live and die by defense every week. It's too inconsistent. It's too unstable. One injury can completely and totally doom you. It's a weak link system. So you lose one great player. Well, now the offense attacks that spot. Meanwhile, on offense, if you lose one good player, well, you just play through your next best guy, right? Strong link system, weak link system. Winning through defense is really unstable because you have one bad game and your entire plan goes to hell. The Vikings yesterday... One through offense. They didn't take no for an answer at the end. They just kept driving, just kept putting up points. They weren't waiting for their defense to get a stop and win the game for them. The Packers needed a stop, couldn't get one. The Vikings couldn't get a stop. They needed one. The difference in the game was the Packers getting off to a really slow start and falling behind 16-3 to in the first quarter. Obviously, we want the defense to be a little bit better, but you can't expect the defense to be good or even average every week. You're going to have bad weeks, and if you rely on them, to play really, really good in order to win, well, you're going to lose a lot. That's just kind of how defense works. Tomorrow, Mike Clements will be here. We'll talk more about the Packers' defense because that's not something we talked a lot about today. We focused on other things. Also, a couple of other games around the NFL, the playoff race. I want to start to look at it, talk about it. Can't wait. Talk to you tomorrow.